You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. I'm your co-host, Brandon Ware, here with my always lovely other half, who's trying to trip me up today on the intro. No, I'm not. No? We're going to talk penises. There you go. We've been talking erections for the last few weeks, and today we're going to talk penis size because I get so many questions about penis size. And they all start with, dear ma'am, or something like that. And then they tell me their size. Sometimes they tell me how often they masturbate. And honestly, you're all just fine. Like, really, you're just fine. Whatever measurement they send, however many times a day or week they masturbate, they're going to be just fine. That could be the whole thing. That's that, it. That's Podcast the TED over. Talk. Yeah, you're fine. Okay, so we're going to be talking today about both penis size and condom size. And we're going to be learning how to properly fit a condom with Mila and Pola from One Condoms, which I think is a really important conversation. And I've learned a lot from her over the years. But I wanted you here to begin with to talk about your penis. Oh, great. Great. Okay. When did you become aware of the size of your penis or concerned about it? Why are you laughing? Okay. So, I'm sorry. When did I become aware of the size of my penis? Well, when did you start thinking about it? Did you? Like, do you even care? I probably started paying more attention to it when I was in, or like the size, not paying attention to it. I paid attention to it a lot, let me tell you. (laughs) But I started paying more attention to size and and perhaps being impacted by this, this intense desire or need to have a gigantic penis. When I was in middle school, so grades maybe like six through eight or maybe grade five, you started just hearing about it and whether you knew why you were saying it, like it started just becoming a thing that you said, probably more middle school. What did you say? Well, just talking about this, about how big your penis was or how just talking more about it. Like I'm trying to remember. Was it more like in jest? Probably. And maybe... Maybe I'm a late bloomer. Maybe it was grades seven and eight. Mm -hmm. You know, talking to girls more, feeling out my body, (laughs) learning new parts, right? (laughs) Touching myself. Okay, so that takes us back a long time ago. And then, like, how did you feel throughout high school, maybe throughout college, in your early adulthood? I felt like I needed to have a bigger penis all the time. Like, that's the bottom line. Everyone always, I mean, we joke around about it. And unless somebody has a massive penis, in which case they're supposed to be showing everybody really? all did, the time. Did, is that what happened? No, I think back to when you and I spent time in Jamaica. When we were there 15, 20 years ago, spring break, I remember there was a wet t-shirt contest. Mm-hmm. And then there was the equivalent for, for men. Oh, the wet willy. The, was it called a wet willy? But I think there so. was I forgot about that. You didn't, they didn't pull it out. There was a woman who volunteered to gauge the size. Was that and me? Then, I, don't, I don't know. Was it you? I, I don't, don't think know. it was. I remember one of my jobs was throwing water on the contestants. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, the things we did. The things we did. But I specifically remember that contest because there was a, a woman who volunteered. She went up and she looked down the pants oh. of the guys and then she picked out a winner. That's so funny because I would have been there 100% and I don't even... You're not even jogging my memory at all. I don't remember it at all. I think I remember it because it was, there was, of course, the quintessential wet t-shirt contest at spring break. Mm -hmm. But the fact that there was a wet willy contest is just the one other contest that I remember. And it, but going back to my point, it was the idea that if you've got a big 
penis, you're supposed to let everybody know. And then as a guy, you're supposed to, it's this idea that you tell everyone that you have, or the focus is that you tell everyone that you have a really big penis, but then you never show anyone. It's not that you're saying, hey man, your best friend, or hey, so-and-so, come and look at my penis and look how big it is. But you always talk about it. So there's always this focus on it. Is that for people with penises? Because I don't recall that being like a topic of conversation. So growing up, you know, my my friends mostly had penises and they didn't, I, I don't remember them talking about it in that same way. I mean, it could have just been my surrounding who I grew up with and, you know, the people that we joked around with. Was um, it like a hockey thing, a locker room thing? Because <laughs> uh, there's actually this study, it was a study by Annabelle Chan, and they looked at data from 43 different countries with men 18 to 76 years old. And what they found was that they're actually more concerned about their penis size outside of the bedroom. So they called it locker room syndrome. So they're kind of more concerned about what other people think as opposed to actually concerned about how penis size affects sexual function or sexual performance or how they're perceived sexually. Oh, I would definitely agree with that. I remember the first time playing hockey and showering in the in the locker room and being so uncomfortable about it, but I played on a competitive team and we traveled and your parents eventually got to the point where they were saying, I don't want this stinky 13-year-old kid in my car on a Wednesday night for two hours reeking. Take a shower after the game. Mm -hmm. So then you started taking a shower and it was just this awkwardness where you're in the room and you know perhaps some of the guys, and again, this is a long time ago, some of the guys would shower, some of them, them wouldn't. And there's that initial kind of discomfort of getting naked in front of other men. Mm -hmm. um, and again, this is a while ago and I feel very differently now. And then the funny thing is, is I remember my grandfather growing up who was very quote unquote macho and, and all those sorts of things saying to me one day when I cowered in a room getting changed, putting on a swimsuit, he's like, we all have the same stuff. Mm -hmm. He's He said, just no one's focusing on it. Just get changed. It's not a big deal. You don't have to like go hide in the corner. But it's this weird being pulled in different direction. You're supposed to cover up all the time. You're not supposed to show it. You're supposed to talk about it. You're supposed to say how big it like these silly games that we play. And again, this is just reflecting on my experience growing up playing hockey and, you know, being a kid and the whole penis conundrum, if you will. Yeah. So, okay. So that's your experience when you were younger. Where are you now? I'd be lying if I said I wasn't affected by society's focus on penis size. Do you think I want you to have a bigger penis? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, Am I wrong? <laughs> no, no, not at all. So you know that I don't, obviously. Um, I've always joked about just taking a little off of it. And more importantly, does that even matter? But I'd be lying if I said I certainly don't care as much now. But socially, we still joke about it. Right. We are still told, or at least, you know, in the media, I think about it, you're still being told you should have a, a big penis. And it's a bit of a status thing, isn't it? So some of these things that are really irrelevant to your quality of life, like being, you know, tall or short or slim or whatever it is people are trying to be, doesn't affect the person that you are, doesn't necessarily affect the way you love and relate to other people, which is, a, I think, a big part of having a fulfilling life. But it's just this idea that, you know, I don't know if I'm super successful or if I'm famous or if I amass wealth or if I have a big penis or if I'm conventionally beautiful in one specific way, that it's going to improve your life satisfaction. And and it's just interesting to me that what you use your penis for. So I presume there are two things you use your penis for. Hammering. 
<laughs> and I don't know what's the second way. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so you use it to pee, and the size is irrelevant. Yeah. You use it for sexual pleasure. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't want to say the size is irrelevant, but certainly bigger isn't necessarily better. Like when we think about size mattering, I think it matters in terms of finding a fit that works. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, you can change angle to change fit. And I think that that bigger penis more affords you bragging rights in the locker room, but isn't necessarily a blessing in the bedroom or wherever you're having sex. And it depends with whom you're having sex. So if you're, for example, like you're, you're having sex primarily with a vagina, well, I guess just with a vagina, well... There's other whole, there's other orifices, but you know the vaginal canal is not very long, right? It's really not long. Now some people have longer vaginas, some people have shorter vaginas, and I do think it's interesting sometimes when folks with vaginas talk about big dick, small dick, and I'm like, well, why don't we talk about your vaginal length? Why are we? And I'm not trying to, you know, shame. But one more thing on people with vaginas, but when we create shame around penis size, I wonder if we're also speaking about ourselves. And so I received another question this week. So I get so many of these questions. But this one was a little bit more detailed and it came over LinkedIn. And this person says, I'm a 2020, sorry, I'm not going to read the whole thing because there's some identifying details. I'm a 22 year old, just got out of a relationship, have been feeling fear about getting back out there, meeting new women and enjoying my dating life because of what they might think of my penis size. And it, to me, first of all, this person, you're just fine. You're going to be fine. I'll go on to read the rest of it. I'm currently around 4.8 to 5.3 inches erect. And I know in my previous relationship, we had a great sex life. She was very uplifting, positive, loving toward my size. However, entering the dating world now, I feel fear and I don't like it. And I think it sucks that we feel this way, that it can hold us back. I'd like to think I'm an attractive guy. I'm into personal development, into fitness and health, successful in my business. So professionally and personally, I do feel like I'm a catch. I'm glad you feel that way. That's awesome. And I have a lot to offer, but I've just taken a hit in the confidence regarding my size and what women will think. So they ask me, how do you as a woman recommend I, I let go of this fear and enjoy my dating life confidently? Do you have any recommendations for sex? And if you have any info on women enjoying men who are my size, please speak to that too. So first I will tell you that you're just fine. You sound awesome. Thank you for writing in. You know, the studies of folks with penises that were either too small overwhelmingly indicate that these anxieties are unfounded. So oftentimes people either underestimate their own size or overestimate perceptions of what normal penis size is because that's definitely falling in the average range. Like there's nothing that's a very average size. So well, we, sh we should talk about where you, I mean, measuring penises because I mean, I think it's the, you measure from the, from the anus, right? From the <laughs> opening all the way. <laughs> yeah, it's from, from the butt to tip, <laughs> butt, butt to tip. tip. <laughs> uh, and then we do have data on people's satisfaction with their partner's size. And most of the data that I found is heterocentric, so focused on women and men, but the overwhelming majority, like we're talking over 85% of women are thrilled, are happy with their penis size, but only 55% of men say they're satisfied with their own size. And then even when we try to determine and reproduce estimations for average penis size, we get a huge 
mixed bag of results because of challenges in methodology, right? Who should do the measuring? What measurement instrument is most reliable? Where should the measurement begin? Self-measurements, of course, tend to come in higher than those that are actually conducted by researchers. And then the other piece has to do with showers versus growers, right? So showers have larger flaccid penises that expand proportionally less when erect, and then growers have smaller flaccid penises, but they grow a lot more during erection. And of course, there's lots of space in between. I mean, more importantly, from a sexual pleasure perspective, penis size probably is not a, is not an important factor in terms of sexual pleasure for the person with the penis or for their partner, right? There are so many other factors involved to, you know, just in terms of pleasure. What was the percentage of women in, the, in that study that were pleased or satisfied with their partner's penis? I think it's over 85%. And so in the study, only 6% of women, only mm-hmm. 6% rate their partner's penis size as small. And even within that 6%, I would really like to move the conversation away from small, bad, big, better, because just again, when it comes to pleasure, like I'll speak as someone with a clitoris, like I really don't care about the penis size. In all the people I've spoken to, thousands and thousands of people, let's say I've heard hundreds of stories about penis size. The vast majority are complaining about being too big, not being too small. It's interesting to hear those stats though, because I think of toxic masculinity. I think that 85% of in the heterosexual relationships in this study that 85% plus of the women are satisfied, but 55% of the men are. So it's like, where are we getting these messages that tell us we need bigger all the time? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just really interesting. Like, again, I feel uncomfortable. Why? Because society, other men have told me that I need to have a bigger penis because certain politicians have equated penis size with, you know, being what stronger, more Mm -hmm. virile, like being a better human being. Mm -hmm. It's just it's a really interesting topic to dive into. Yeah, and there's, I think it, it has more to do with social status than sexual relevance, right? Like it's just kind of irrelevant. Like I think about for me personally, I just need my clit rub. <laughs> like yeah. I don't need a big penis. Like, yeah, it can feel good to feel full, but there's also lots of ways to feel full. I'm just in the room. I'm just in the room. <laughs> You're just there <laughs> somewhere. Just there. Uh, sometimes I get questions about, you know, what positions should you use with a smaller penis? And I do want to say that I don't really think you need to change anything, including positions according to your size, unless your partner finds something more comfortable or uncomfortable. So I think a lot of people assume that, oh, if I have a smaller penis, I need to get a deeper position. But that really isn't necessarily the case because shallower penetration can be more pleasurable in many cases for several reasons. So I'm talking a lot about the vagina because that's what I've got. But for folks who have a butt, I mean, I have a butt too, but uh, I don't have a problem. The prostate also isn't, you know, eight inches up in there. All of these hot spots are very close to the outside, if not on the outside. So, you know, there are definitely positions you can try if you want to play with a a shorter penis and maybe you want it to feel deeper or improve the sensation. Like I talk about the reverse ride position. So the person with the penis lies on their back with their knees bent and their partner sits on top of them facing their feet. And if the, so I know they often call it reverse cowgirl, but I just been trying to keep it more gender inclusive. But if the partner on the bottom bends their legs, it gives the partner on top kind of something to grind against and lean against. So that can feel really good. A lap dance position can feel really bad. No, I feel really bad. Why would I say that? Is there some know. sort of Freudian thing there? Um, a lap dance position can feel really good because you can just sit right down on it. If you want more 
pressure. You can, of course, wear a vibrating penis ring that can you know, provide pressure for both of you. I think another really important piece is if you want shallower penetration, which so many of us prefer, the not-so-deep donuts or the O-nut are options to kind of create a little bit of a, a block so you can still get that full feeling of thrusting and you don't have to like poke the cervix so much. Yeah, thinking about, well, I mean, even the idea that all of those pleasure spots, they aren't that deep kind of goes back to the idea that we're taught, or I was taught, you know, deeper, harder, faster. That's sex. That's right. what it was. It was very one-dimensional. And going back to this question, is so interesting because the, the person who wrote in had a wonderful sex life with their previous partner. Exactly. And I think to myself, well, you're getting back into it. If I was getting back into it and I was feeling some nerves about getting back into the scene, why not make it all about your partner at first? Like why, are, this would be my strategy rather than focusing in on maybe what I'm most concerned about, I'd be focusing in on my partner and just work them up beyond, like, just beyond their wildest dreams, right? Or, or even just enjoy it. Like, I, I just don't want to, I hear what you're saying, absolutely, and mm -hmm. I appreciate it. I just don't want to reinforce the notion that you must make up for something that you perceive yeah. as lacking okay. because you're literally lacking nothing. I agree. I'm, I'm just thinking strategy. Yeah. I, but but I definitely, on. but I, I agree with you. I think you're worried about something that you probably have nothing to worry about. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But I, let's also not downplay the fact that it's still present for this Yeah, person. absolutely. You know, you're, you're really right that there's still this sociocultural pressure. There's all the jokes that you've been talking about and they're ingrained in you. The reason I asked about your early experiences is I'm like, how long has this been going on? And it's basically since yeah, you're a child. Since, since I was a kid. And even now, I'm thinking back to this conversation, I made a joke about where you measure from. You know what I mean? Right. And the focal point there being that bigger is better. Right. Right. Like even in my, during this conversation, I'm still going there. Would you ever be like if you were dating or anything, would, is this something that would be on your mind? Like, was it on your mind with me? I mean, we didn't date. I just went straight to the penis. <laughs> straight there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would. Again, I'd be lying if I said I, it wasn't something that would definitely cross my mind. So sure. how do you get over it? Well, number one, I don't have to. But again, I, I feel like it's about finding the partner where... Hopefully, all of the other things are like everything's important. It's not the importance about one thing. If I'm really, if somebody's just boiling it down to my penis size, probably don't want to be with you anyways. Yeah. And I, my whole thing too is extra inches just do nothing to compensate for what might be lacking in skill and creativity and care. Yes. And the fact that this person even wrote in and took the time says that they're, you know, considering the perspective of their partner. They want to be accepted. They want to be loved, which is this universal desire. So, you know, I hope this helps just a little bit to remind you that, first of all, you're perfectly fine. All of your penises are fine. I think what's important is, is getting comfortable or neutral with your body and kind of accepting and, and using it. Like the more pleasure you get from your penis. So Brandon, you had mentioned, well, focus on your partner and working them up. Well, my thing is, what? Well, how about just focusing on yourself? Yeah. Like as just as a yeah. flip side, I'm not saying there's one right way to do this, but I really do hope that you can focus on your own pleasure and not worry about penis size. It's, it's not a thing that I really pay attention to. I do know though that there's a lot of, you know, like songs and storylines and popular culture arcs that focus on size. And so I know it's really hard to get away from it. Yeah, and I think it, it does come back to how you're perceived socially, right? We talked a little bit about, you know, your social status. And, and again, we equate, like, you may not be this, but you've got a big penis. Like, really? Like, why does any of this matter at the end of the day? 
Yeah. And, you know, I'm probably guilty too. Like, you know, when you hear a really fast car that's annoying and loud, people will joke like, oh, he's doing that to make up for his small penis. And we just need to get away from that. Like we've had so much conversation around, uh, you know, started with body positivity and moved into body neutrality and, and body liberation for women and folks with vulvas all folks with vulvas, but I think we need to also have that for penises and people with penises and Mm -hmm. let you feel really good in your bodies because you absolutely deserve to. So if there's something you can do to feel good about yourself and your body today, maybe it's masturbating, maybe it's looking in the mirror, maybe it's focusing on your positive qualities like this person did in the email, like what makes you an awesome person? And that's actually something I often start with in some of my workshops with couples. I ask them to share what makes them a great partner and what makes their partner a great partner. And they're all so good at sharing why their partner is great, but they struggle to acknowledge what's really great about themselves. And so I think maybe that's an exercise to try. Like, what makes you great? What makes you a great partner? What makes you a good lover? You know, are you the type of lover you're looking for? I don't know, babe, what makes you a good lover? (laughs) Yeah, you're putting me on the spot. I don't know. I mean, I think I I listen, I feel like I listen to what you like. I feel like I I do want to give you the things and I feel like I pay attention to it. When you're responding a certain way, when we're having sex, I, I feel like I'm like, okay, you li- you're liking this. So I feel like that flexibility or not not physical flexibility, but that willingness to do, it's not just about me. It's, it's also, again, it's about me, but it's also about you. And I feel like picking up on those cues makes you think that I'm a better lover than I am. <laughs> no, I do notice that like anything I ask, you'll do. Like if I even just like drop something gently, I know you're going to try and do it, which I yeah, for think the most makes part. you good. Yeah. Almost everything. Almost, yeah. yeah. For me, I give a good blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like I'm up for anything. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, I, yes, I would agree. But I, I also will admit, and maybe I'm doing this because I'm uncomfortable saying what makes me good. So I have to like put a negative spin on it. Yeah. So maybe I should stop myself, but I'm going to keep going. I do find like I don't put as much energy in as I could. Oh, you, you mean when you're you're like... No, no, no. Keep, stop. Don't stop. This is me. Oh, this you mean what? Me. Oh, yeah. I didn't. I'm selfish, me. but I think you like that I'm selfish. I do. I do. <laughs> 100%. I just find it amusing when you're like, I'm, and I'm good. I'm done. We're done here. <laughs> you know, I also got some questions about, I get a lot of questions about how to make your penis bigger. And of course, there are so many pills and creams and, you know, machines that advertise a way to improve or I guess increase penis size. But for the most part, they don't really work. So I had asked a urologist and what they had told me is that if you want it to look bigger. Sometimes a little bit of weight loss can help, but obviously I don't want to be encouraging weight loss. And I had asked uh, the urologist about surgeries as well. And what he told me is that surgeries are really a last resort because they're high risk. They can really only offer minimal improvements. And his data shows that people are generally dissatisfied with the cosmetic results post-op. Didn't they say you want to trim the grass around the tree? Yeah, that too, right? right? It just makes it, yeah, if it matters to you. And listen, I, I don't want to also say, hey, penis size doesn't matter. Like if it matters to you, yeah. that's okay. If you either have a penis or sleep with a penis and there's something that feels good for you, that's okay. But I think just getting hung up on it as this kind of sole feature of virility and sexual performance yeah. is what I want to try and get away from. And also to celebrate all sorts of penises, including small penises. And I don't know, like, as I've said many times, my view of beauty and sexual attraction has just changed so much over the years. It's not all the same thing. So, uh, you know, we've talked about penis size, but it's definitely time to talk about condom size because I I was getting it wrong around condoms for years. And I've learned so much from our guest, Mila. 
Research suggests that people with penises avoid condoms because they feel they don't fit or they find them uncomfortable. And common complaints include that the condom is too loose, it's too long, it's too tight, it's too short. It results in the loss of erection, it feels desensitizing, or it impedes orgasm. And fit isn't just about comfort, it can also affect safety. Research also shows that those who wear condoms don't fit are more likely to report slippage and breakage. And one Indiana University study found that fitted condoms broke half as often as one size fits all condoms. Joining me to discuss why size matters when it comes to condoms is Mila Impola, Marketing Communications Manager and get the senior size specialist at One Condoms. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Now, I didn't know this until very recently, but One Condoms offers 60 sizes. 60 sizes, yeah. And in Canada and Europe, it's actually 66 sizes. Okay, I need to know why (laughs) there is a greater variety of Canadian penises as a Canadian. Yeah, it's interesting. So in the U.S., it's 10 different lengths and 9 different girths. But then due to the regulations in EU and then in Canada, we're allowed to sell one extra width, so a girthier width, which we're hoping to also bring to the U.S. because there's a lot of demand for it also in the U.S. There are some thick penises waiting. There are, yeah, there are. So why is there so much regulation in the size of condoms? I was reading that the minimum condom allowed length used to be 6.69 inches and now you've made condoms available starting at about 4.9 inches. Why is it regulated in terms of size? Yeah, it's interesting. And even when you look at the sizes of condoms on the market, even though they could be slightly shorter, most of them are seven and a half inches. That's really long. An average penis is five and a half inches. Okay, and people obviously are putting their penises in various places. Exactly. Various spaces. <laughs> but if we're talking about the vaginal canal, it is certainly not seven inches long on average. From the entrance to where the surface points in, some studies suggest that it's under four inches in an unaroused state. Yeah, and most people are not seven and a half inches. And it makes a lot of our customers talk about how standard condom sizes actually make them feel really inadequate because it would make sense. If you have something that's standard size, it should probably be somewhat reflective of average size, but it's not really at all. Interesting. So it's sort of the opposite of the fashion industry where things are made so small. Exactly. Much smaller than the average size, but these are made much longer. Yeah, they kind of hoped a long time ago that this would kind of cover as many people as possible, right? And the regulations really, they're tricky because regulations are set in place by a standards body in uh, Europe called ISO, and then in the USA it's called ASTM, which essentially sets the standards for condom size. So how long should they be, how short should they be, how wide and how narrow, which has to do with the way condoms are tested for safety. So Uh if you have a condom, one of the tests that they go through is an airburst test, for example. So it has to hold a certain amount of air. A condom that's smaller isn't going to hold that same amount of air. doesn't mean that it's not an effective condom. It's just not going to hold that same amount of air. So it took a really long time for these standards bodies to kind of agree what the new standard should be. And then those standards got updated in Europe a long time ago. And they fit launched in Europe in 2011 with actually 95 sizes, which then got pared down to 66, 
we eventually acquired that brand and when we brought it to the U.S. we changed it to My One Perfect Fit and then now it's the 60 sizes in the U.S. that are sort of allowed with the U.S. standards because it took the U.S. a little bit longer to to get on board the train here but we're really happy that those standards were updated and took a lot of years of work by researchers to really do that and now essentially allows us to sell the product also to the United States. So so it sounds as though it's been a fight for condom variety, penis size variety, the acknowledgement of that. And and what I wonder is how do people even begin to measure themselves? Because they're not labeled small, medium, large, extra large, extra, extra large. Right. And we purposely stay away from any terminology like that because we're trying to make sure that people are comfortable in their own body. So we actually use size codes like E55 or D21. So you don't really know what's larger, smaller, wider. And it kind of takes a little bit of that awkwardness away because we're asking for people to do a lot, right? Instead of just going to your local store and buying the fastest thing you can get off the shelf and throwing it on the counter and running out, we're asking people to measure themselves. Right. And And play bingo. And play bingo. (laughs) Right? Right? Just like bras or anything else that size that would be silly if it came in one size. So people can, there's three main different ways that people can measure because, you know, options are good, which the first is called a fit kit. So people print it online or we uh, send them out to health educators, for example, to give to clients or customers. Can you repeat what it's called? A fit kit. Oh, fit kit. Sorry, I heard fig. (laughs) Okay. Fit kit would make more sense. Fit kit, yeah, sounds a little bit nicer. And they measure their length and letter codes fully erect, which is an interesting thing that I get asked all the time is, should I measure hard or soft? How do you use your condoms? Probably when you're hard, right? Right. So they measure their length in a letter code like M, then they measure their girth in number codes. Let's say it's 22, and then you're an M22. Okay, and and M22 is one specific fit? Mm Mm-hmm. And so could you be a range? Or not really, like not if you're really. a 34B or a 34B Yeah, generally. exactly. And if you look at the girths, for example, those have such small differences between all of them that you could technically maybe sometimes maybe go a little bit tighter or wider, but usually you're just that one fit. And what's great is that we do sample kits so that people can confirm their size before they buy. Sometimes people measure wrong, maybe sometimes, you know, they just measured it wrong or were maybe a little bit too eager about their measurements or whatever it might be so they can sample before they actually buy. Well, I would assume that people overestimate their size. And we know from research that when it's self-reported, the sizes mm-hmm. come out much longer. I recall when when I was a high school teacher, the students would often complain that the condoms we gave out weren't big enough. And as an, a health educator, the old school thing was to say, look, they fit over my arm, they stretch. And I like that you're emphasizing that, yes, it may fit over my arm, but it may not always be comfortable. Exactly. Having said that, not every single person's penis is the extra large and folks want to buy the extra large so how are you addressing the fact that we are so so obsessed with size and that honestly size doesn't matter in the way that we think it does yeah and we found that a lot of the people that come looking for this product are people who are very frustrated with existing condoms they know what it feels like to wear a condom that either slips off or feels way too tight so they're they know that if they lie to us about their size they're going to continue to get something that still doesn't fit So we really found that in terms of what we see is that people don't want to lie because they they know that they're going to get something that doesn't fit. And when it comes to condoms feeling too small, what a lot of people are reporting is that they're way too tight. So condoms are way too long, but also way too tight for a great majority of condom users. So they might try on a standard condom and they kind of feel like, oh, this is way too tight. But what's really happening for a lot of people is that the condom is so long 
that that extra latex bunches at the base and it causes almost like a rubber band. So it makes the condom feel even tighter. And this person is trying to be a responsible condom user. They're not trying to lie that it's too tight. It's a very real experience. Um, maybe some people, but for a lot of people, it's a really real experience. So they're trying to be responsible. They go out and get the extra large condom. That's going to be a lot longer, but not that much wider. So for the people who are like, since we're on a podcast, imagine like a Coke can. It's not going to feel, a longer condom isn't going to, it's going to feel even more uncomfortable because you have even more extra latex that bunches at the base. So that's why we're really excited that my one allows people to select both their length and their girth, which really helps with that comfort. And then people talk to us about, oh, I never realized that a comfortable condom could feel this good. And then I don't have to worry about the condom so much. And I'm actually now focused on the sex and the sexual health and the pleasure rather than really worrying about, oh, I'm losing my erection because it's so tight or I have to hold on to the condom because it's so big. You know, we're just trying to take away all of that so people can actually focus on comfort and pleasure and each other or whoever might all be in the room. Excellent. So that's interesting. So oftentimes if a condom feels too tight, it could be because it's too long, it's bunching at the bottom. Exactly. What about if a condom feels as though it's squeezing kind of too tightly overall? Does that mean they need an an overall wider condom? Yeah, that usually means that they need an overall wider condom. And if you feel that a condom is bunching up at the bottom? That's also usually when it's, that's when it's too long. Because oh, there's okay. all that extra latex that instead of like fitting snugly, like a, like a nice little snugly fits, it's just that it's too long. So would it be fair to say that most condoms, the standard condoms that have been on the market, have been too long and oftentimes not wide enough? Correct, yeah. So, so that's a very common complaint. That's a very common complaint. Interesting, because yeah. people often talk about how girth matters more than length, and they joke about being hung like a can of tuna. <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> in the end, it really is, it's a matter of fit. It's a matter of personal preference. Like some people want a thinner penis. Somebody, Some people want exactly. a longer penis. I think, you know, penis size is often, I think, a social measure more than mm-hmm. it is a pleasure, a measure of pleasure. Yeah, exactly. Because I talked to so many people. I mean, in the last two years as a size specialist, I've talked to hundreds of people about Conovit and their penis size. And you hear so much anxiety that when they finally get somebody who they can talk about penis size, you hear all this anxiety about penis size, both on the larger end of sizes where they can't find anything that's long enough and it's way too tight and they have that erection loss and also on the smaller end where they are holding on to condoms because they're too big or too loose. So you hear a lot of this anxiety and we're just really happy that we're finally kind of able to address it and really, you know, say that yes, like your body's perfect the way that it is and it's the condom that's been the problem, you're not the problem. Right, and I I imagine it has to lead to a lot of anxiety and anxiety issues in the bedroom, of course, affect the sexual response cycle. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, whether it's with uh, ejaculation that occurs more quickly than you would like it to, mm-hmm. or a loss of erection, or just simply losing the ability to be in the moment and and have mindful present sex. Exactly. I mean, imagine if you were running a race and a condom was so big that um, your pants were so big that you had to hold on to them. Like that would really impair your performance, right? Or if your shoes were way too tight and they said, okay, go run a mile now the fastest you can. Right. And you're thinking, okay, sure, I can maybe do this, but it's going to be really uncomfortable. I can't wait to take these shoes off and it's probably not going to be my best performance that I could have. Yeah, it's quite the distraction. Now, I'd like to go back to the size or the fit 
kit. Mm-hmm. What does it look like? So how do you measure your length? Is it a like a paper ruler that you print off? Yeah, you print it out, you cut it out with scissors, and then you put it right underneath your erection. And when you're fully erect, and what the letter that you see above the tip of your penis is the letter that you would start out with. And then girth... And it's a little bit confusing because we also talk about width because condom width is measured in nominal width. So sometimes we'll see that people get confused whether you're supposed to like measure the width at the top across. Oh, as opposed to the circumference. Yes. So okay. we ask people to measure circumference to get the best fit. And so then, you take that same paper ruler mm-hmm. and you wrap it around your penis. Correct. And then it's where there's a orange line at the very bottom and then there's a bunch of marks on the left and right side so where that orange line on the bottom matches one of those lines would be your width code. That's so novel and so simple. So simple and we also understand that not everyone has access to a printer or yes. maybe doesn't feel comfortable measuring or printing a penis measuring tool at their office. Many people <laughs> do not have printers. All my neighbors yeah. are always coming over asking to use the printer. Yeah exactly. Because <laughs> they only need to print like, like what twice is a, a printer? Year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I offer them my fax machine too. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't have one of those anymore. Back in the day when we had faxes, they would just, you'd keep receiving spam. That's amazing. Yeah, advertising. Like, so spamming has been around since probably the dawn of time. <laughs> yes, yes. They, they were carving them on rocks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Window coverings, 50% yeah, off. Exactly. <laughs> so the option other than printing off for people Is, who aren't like me and they're not still living in the dark ages with a printer. Correct. So we have, you can also use a measuring tape Oh. and just measure and then plug in those numbers and then it'll tell you, oh, you're a B22. Okay. Or um, if you just have a ruler, you can measure obviously length with a ruler. Circumference a little bit hard to do with a ruler. So but an old school measuring tape, you mm-hmm. know, the type you use for sewing, would that it's, work? Yeah, that would work. Just be really careful. You know, we don't want people to cut themselves. It's a very sensitive part to cut yourself. Yeah, but- no, I'm not talking about the metal <laughs> ones. I'm talking about the old uh, tailor tapes. They're, oh, they're right. yeah, like yeah. a fabric. Yeah. yeah, my mom used to have them. Of course, yeah. That's really, that's nice. So borrow your parents or your mother's whoever was the sewer in your Doing house. a little project. Right. <laughs> Can I borrow your sewing kit? <laughs> yeah. Okay, excellent. And then they plug in the numbers and it shows which one is the right for them. Mm-hmm. And are these, I presume these are ordered primarily online? Correct, yeah. Okay. We're trying to figure out a way to bring it to retail stores. It's a little bit tricky because uh-huh. most stores aren't going to stock 60 sizes. Mm-hmm. They don't have 60 sizes on that or even brands on the shelf. So we're thinking about something where it's the top 10 sizes right. to really give it visibility and then... And, you know, where people can get a free fit kit from the shelf and then they can go home and measure and maybe we connect them that way to the retailer instead. Instead of coming to our website, then okay. we push them to their site. So. And why 60 sizes or 68 in Canada? 60. 60 in the Six, States? And 66 in Canada. Okay, why? Why those numbers? We've actually found that that's not enough sizes, Ooh. which is interesting. Yeah. So all the sizes were based on DayFit's original data from the EU when they launched with 95 sizes. Mm-hmm. Then we helped them pare it down over the years to some sizes just didn't get purchased. Okay. Um, so now these are kind of the most common sizes. Um, can, and- you, can you tell me the most commonly purchased size? There's a little bit of trends. Okay. You, it's on a bell curve, for example, when it comes to length. Okay. The shorter sizes are more popular when it comes to length in general, and then wider sizes for girth in general. Okay. E55 is actually in our top three sellers, okay. E55 being our smallest size currently. Okay. And then we get requests every single week for even smaller sizes. Great. So we're really hoping that eventually we can help expand the size range and then our offering even further because there's certainly need. And what's impeding you from expanding to smaller sizes right now? 
are the regulations that correct yeah that require the air test and those other tests yeah so in fact it is the ASTM that's impeding some people from having <laughs> access to the condom sizes that are appropriate for their bodies yeah and it's not really you know I don't want to put blame and like a lot of people want to put blame on the FDA and mm-hmm. things like that and it's not necessarily anybody's anybody's fault it's just it's a lot of researchers and people who have done all this work to make sure that condoms are safe for Mm -hmm. consumers to use Mm -hmm. even bringing new condoms to market is really difficult because you have to do clinical trials and that you have to make sure that they're safe and effective so the good thing is for consumers that you're using products that have been tested for safety and are safe to use but of course the tricky thing is that then people who need smaller sizes or wider sizes we can't manufacture them and we're just really kind of optimistic about the future because you know reading customer reviews is my absolute favorite thing to do at work is just hearing what a true difference it makes in people's lives and when it comes to their sexual health and pleasure. Especially for people who found that condoms were too long or slipping off and what what an incredible anxiety producing Right, and you assume that it just must be that everybody else is this size, right? Right. And a lot of people, even in the reviews, when we ask people to submit a review, they'll say like, well, I don't talk about this with my friends. Right. No, of course not. People joke about penis size, but they don't really talk seriously. We don't talk that seriously about our bodies. And in this body positivity or body neutrality movement, oftentimes folks with penises, and penises in particular, are left out and all penises are good penises exactly yeah. the shape the size whether there's hair at the base however exactly, it curves yeah. they're all good penises and certainly deserving of pleasure and capable of also providing pleasure to a partner who's in the mood as well exactly and we just were so excited to actually have condoms that help like actually reflect the actual range of penis sizes because even the the activity that you mentioned earlier that a lot of educators do and they're they're trying their best to show that you know condoms should fit everybody because it fits over my arm but Mm -hmm. really that leaves the people on the smaller smaller side than a standard condoms completely out of the conversation because we're only talking about people who might be complaining about condoms being too tight or too small because those are the people that often will come and say (laughs) are more more vocal yeah Yeah. about their I um, never had a student say oh the condoms are just way too big for me miss exactly but meanwhile that's a lot of people's real experience well if there are sex educators listening this is I think a really important conversation it's a mistake that I've made and I made for and I used to do it too as a sex educator yeah Yeah, absolutely so we need to be mindful of the fact that there isn't a one-size-fits-all approach to anything in sex and that applies similarly to condoms. So if people are interested in getting a fit kit and if they're interested in purchasing or checking out, you said there's a sample. Mm -hmm, A sample kit, yeah. To make sure that it fits, they can go to myonecondoms.com. Yes, correct. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for listening. A reminder again that your penis is just fine. If you have a penis in your life, let them know how fabulous they are. Perhaps we don't spend enough time complimenting penises and the bodies attached to penises. If they, I mean, I know not everyone wants physical compliments, but you know, as a, as a woman, we get a lot of compliments. And so maybe the penises would like some too. So folks, just a reminder that uh, Adam and Eve has restarted the discount code Dr. Jess for 50% off almost any item in their store plus free shipping so definitely check out adamandeve.com use that 50% off code Dr. Jess and happy shopping oh and if you are looking to enhance the penis I highly highly recommend a penis ring and I know your favorite of course is that we vibe 
pivot. But if you're newer to penis rings and you want something maybe a little bit lower cost, definitely do check out adamandeve.com because they have everything kind of across the board. And if you're newer, maybe you just want to get like a more affordable one to begin with and see if it's your cup of tea. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks, babe. Thank you. Have a great one, folks. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life.